everyone. Welcome to the Others Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Penny. Uh, joining me this week, another, I think, New York native, but at least in New York at this uh, time of recording. Again, if you follow us, you probably follow him. You probably know of him and all the, the moves that he's making at the moment out there in New York. It is Sim from the Hill. How you doing, man? Yes, sir. I'm good, bro. I'm definitely a New York native uh, from Harlem, born and raised. And it's an honor to be here, bro. I appreciate you inviting me on. I appreciate you joining us. Uh, it's been a, a while in the making, uh, but you are here at last. We're going to talk about some of the, the great stuff that you've been working on, that you are working on, and all of that. But first, we must discuss our track, as we always do. Uh, this week, we are talking about the worldwide smash hit, Happy. Yes, sir. The one track that everyone on the planet knows, and I was going to say loves, maybe doesn't love quite so much nowadays, seeing as it has been played to death. Right. But um, let's go through a few of the stats quickly. Uh, released on the 21st of November 2013, obviously it's part of the Despicable Me 2 soundtrack, but then it also appeared on Pharrell's uh, second solo album, Girl. It got to number one in a ridiculous 24 countries. In the UK, it reached number one three different times. It was the best-selling song of 2014 in the US, with 6.5 million copies sold, uh, as well in the UK with 1.5 million sold. And it was the most downloaded song of all time in the UK um, as of, I think, September 2014. And the eighth, eighth, I was going to say the eighth, the eighth highest-selling single of all time in the UK. Wow. It was also the most successful song of 2014 across the world with 13.9 million units sold. So it did some crazy, crazy numbers. And I think anyone, even if they're not a a Pharrell fan, will know the track and will have heard it so many times and seen the video so many times. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Between that and then uh, just the whole Despicable Me, because that was was on the, the soundtrack, right? Yeah, that's right. Right, so kids know that. I feel like kids are the root. Once kids know a song and it's a thing for them, that's just like, it's everywhere. Yeah, it's it's worldwide. And it's one of those tracks, you know, I talk about the, the podcast here to people when they ask me what I do outside of work. And I, I say, oh, I do a podcast about um, NERD and Pharrell Williams. And even nowadays, I still get a lot of blank stares. People are like, who, who's that? But then you say, oh, you know the guy that did Happy? And immediately people are like, oh, yeah, I know that song. I know that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just everyone of every age knows it. Every demographic knows it. Right, right. And not necessarily in the best best way, because some people are, like, super sick and tired of that song. But... I think everyone started out liking it. It just, it got so much, so many spins. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's one of those tracks, it just, it, as you say, kind of once kids get into it and it's associated with a kind of, uh, a kid's kind of film and it blows up in that way, yeah. it's always going to get that radio play, that TV play. And yeah, there's, it, it's one of those songs nowadays where if, you know, when I listen to it to kind of go back over the video and uh, make some notes, I don't mind listening to it Same. itself. It's it, it's a well-produced, well-made, well-written track. Right. But if it comes on when I'm just kind of listening to music around the house, <laughs> I will generally <laughs> tend to skip over it. Right, right, right. Nah. It's not, it's not one that I want to hear for like the 30 millionth time. 
Yeah, also, I haven't heard it. I mean, I probably have heard it over time, but since it came out, like, once it died down a little bit, and I was like, you know what, I don't mind it as much, but I definitely remember that year. I was like, damn, like, I'm so over this song, but, you know, it's a good song, and it's a, it's a family song, so... Like. Exactly, and I was going to say, I, I, you know, I have an eight-year-old kid. So when Despicable Me Two came out, he was, I don't know, what five or something. It was probably a few years ago now, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, well, 2013, wasn't it? So yeah, a few years back, so he was about four or something. And obviously, he liked the song, and he likes all the he liked all the minions and stuff. Right. So again, you've then you you've got to sit there and watch the video on constant loop on YouTube as well, and uh, <laughs> it gets seared into your brain. Right. So some some yeah, interesting facts about the song. Um, it was originally written with uh, CeeLo Green in mind. Mm. I think, you know, with his, his voice and that kind of uh, falsetto that's used throughout the track, it would have suited him quite well. I could see that. Yeah. But from what I've, I've heard in sort of Pharrell interviews, this is one that um, he actually took to the people who were overseeing the soundtrack of uh, Despicable Me. It was the seventh or eighth or ninth track he kind of taken to them to find a, a lead song for the soundtrack and they turned all the others down they didn't like them for whatever reason um but he obviously had a demo of this one that he'd recorded and this is the one they they picked up on on the eighth or ninth try or whatever it was so it almost nearly didn't become a song at all right had it just been passed off to CeeLo had it not made uh the Despicable, Despicable Me soundtrack I don't know if it had been quite as big if it didn't have that kind of movie tie-in or anything but but it did and it turned into to a monster right this was also uh i don't remember what pharrell was doing that year in terms of uh like bbc or whatever but i know that he was going crazy with the hats and yeah that was a big trend and i know him putting out that visual he wore like a couple of those hats, or maybe it was the same hat, I don't really know, but he wore a few in the video, and I just remember that being a real big thing that year. Um, so that probably added to it, you know what I'm saying? That just added, I don't know. Pharrell, Pharrell's all over the place. Like, he's literally the greatest. So I feel like any year that Pharrell's doing something really cool, whether it be, like, soundtrack stuff or fashion-wise, like, I feel like it just always plays together, plays into each other, I should say, for, you know, just to make everything else bigger. Yeah, definitely. It was around that time when, yeah, he had the the kind of buffalo hat that he was wearing a lot and, you know, changing, yeah, as he's done kind of numerous times, you know, changed almost what's happening in streetwear and in fashion and right. not, ne- not necessarily directly through BBC or Human Made or anything, but mm-hmm. but just, you know, what he's feeling at that time, what he's deciding to wear. And this was that kind of in-between period where I feel there wasn't a lot going on with BBC and Human Made wasn't completely conceptualised. I, th- right. I don't think they had any bits out at that point. I may be mistaken, but I don't think they'd released anything properly. If they had, it was like something real simple, like just like basic logo tees or something. Exactly, yeah. I do remember some sort of basic ones from quite a few years back, but I don't know if they'd um, made it out to the public at that point. So it was that kind of weird in-between period. And yeah, you know, obviously he decided with the hats and things like that. There were a lot of, I remember at the time, Timberland collaborations as well happening with BBC and with him. And I know in the video, he's, I think he's wearing Tim's in a couple of the, um, a couple of his segments of the the 24 hours of happy thing that he does, at least in two or three, I think. 
So, you know, he had all these kind of different styles going on, different collaborations happening. Um, I think this is where he was trying to work out what was happening with BBC and how to kind of take that forward. Right, right. Um, if we could talk about the video real quick. Um, yeah, definitely. Let's get into the video, the, the many videos, the 24 the hours videos. of videos. Was, yeah. One, that concept by itself was just something like all the way different because you never really heard of something like that. And it was cool that he kind of like utilized the live streaming and uh, just the fact that like YouTube is 24-7 kind of operation. And there's people all over the world who are in tune with that song. So I feel like that was a good... I don't... The thing is with Pharrell, you never know if it's like a marketing scheme. I feel like it's never really a marketing scheme with him. That's just his mind. You know what I'm saying? I feel like he's just before his time when it comes to stuff. So that was just a really good ploy. And then the whole video was so diverse. You know what I'm saying? Like there's people from all over the world in the video, all different skin colors, all different ages, all different... You know what I'm saying? And that played well too because, I mean... When someone's watching something, seeing someone that looks like you is the best way to get somebody to tune in. You know what I'm saying? And it was just everybody in there. It was old people, young people, girls, guys. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that that worked well. And like I said with Pharrell, I don't feel like he does anything to like, oh, yeah, this is good branding. Like, I feel like that's just his heart. That's just the type of person he is, you know, with, with his whole, you know human race concept that he always goes with it just i think that's just him like i feel like they might have whoever was setting up the video might have been like oh let's put these type of people here and let's put these type of people here and he's like nah let's just mix it up you know yeah definitely and this is um something i noticed around this time as well with the girl album um i think i i wrote a review of it at the time and i said it was um i can't remember the the wording but it was it was yeah, this was around the time, it was it was before the Me Too stuff, but this was around the time when, you know, the kind of empowerment of women was becoming uh, more of a public thing, more of something in the media. And I think I wrote something along the lines of, it seemed a bit, uh, I guess, kind of sycophant and, and or maybe trying to uh, ride on the kind of, the, the wave of that kind of movement that was happening right. in terms of the, right, the concept right. of the album and, you know, being about empowering women. Mm-hmm. But I was, yeah, I think I was kind of looking back in hindsight completely wrong. I think, yeah, he wasn't doing it as a, a marketing ploy or anything like that. And the same goes with, with this song and the video and the concept. It is genuinely about what he feels is important at that time, what he's into at that time. Right. And yeah, as you say, that the video has literally... Literally everybody. Everybody, yeah. <laughs> everybody. So and for those for those that aren't aware, I think most people will be aware, but... Obviously, there's there's the main happy video, the four-minute video with Pharrell, with different people. But then they did this 24 hours of happy video concept where it's uh, basically a 24-hour running loop of different people uh, kind of miming the song in some kind of way, whether they're dancers or performers or just in their neighborhood walking around. Um, and from what I understand, uh, the kind of French team uh, we are from LA were in charge of looking after the, the video and they actually pitched the idea to Pharrell um, and he was kind of really interested in it and, and kind of... De- so if you go on YouTube, I think there is a there is a version where you can just watch 24 hours of it or you can go through and find individual ones. Yeah, Pharrell did... Did he do one for each hour or something? So he may have done 
24 different ones or something like that. But altogether, yeah, there are 360 four-minute music videos that you can go and watch. Um, the main video itself has uh, 465 million views, nearly half a billion. And if you combine all the versions together, I think they've got something like 1.2 billion views now. I think my son is pretty responsible for about 200 million <laughs> of those in my house. Right. But yeah, but there's about 1.2 billion YouTube views from that. And obviously, throughout all these different videos, you've got cameos from different people involved in the film, but also kind of friends of Pharrell. So you've got one with Tyler, the creator, and Earl Sweatshirt. There's an Odd Future one. Right. Uh, Kelly Osborne, Magic Johnson, Sergio Mendez, a really super awkward Jimmy Kimmel one. Super awkward. Uh, super awkward. There was uh, Steve Carell. Steve Carell one, which is almost just as awkward. Yeah, almost, but Steve's also an awkward guy, so it just goes. <laughs> it's like the middle-aged white guys can't really pull it off too right. well. There's but, a Jamie Foxx one, a Miranda Cosgrove one, I think, and then a bunch of other kind of celebrities as well. I think uh, my favorite is just seeing the old school Odd Future uh, uh, cameo just because, I mean, looking at where they all are now, everybody's still successful, but they're not as much of... That was like Odd Future, not necessarily in their prime, but like, right, you know what I'm saying? They were still together, still moving as a unit. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, Tyler just had number one album in the country last last week. Uh, I mean, everybody's doing their thing, but it's just cool like to look back and be like, damn, like he got them right when they were still together, still moving like a pack. Yeah, definitely. And I'm just adding that Tyler album to my notes, actually, because I had completely forgotten about that. And it's probably worth mentioning uh, when we get to it in a moment. All right. Um, so, yeah, in terms of the video as well, it was... It, it was nominated for the best male video at the 2014 uh, VMAs. Mm. I don't think. Oh, it lost to Frozen, I think, if I remember rightly. And another kids. Actually, no. That was the Academy Award. It lost. Oh. It lost the song to Frozen. Um, I can't remember who it lost the video lost to in the VMAs, but um, yeah, it was best original song or something at the uh, Academy Awards, and yeah, lost there. It was also nominated for a Grammy as well for best pop solo performance. But yeah, I, you know, I love the video itself. I love the concept. I love the execution of the video as well, where you've just got um, one kind of steady cam operator who, whose name I have in my notes, uh, John Beatty, who basically, I think, filmed every single one of those. Um, and most of them are done in you know, one single shot, basically. Mm-hmm. So you know, you, you've got 360 videos you have to kind of scout locations for 360 videos. You have to rehearse for 360 videos. You have to shoot those 360 videos. Um, it's a huge operation. and I, I can't imagine how long it took to obviously piece it all together from end to end to make that 24-hour thing. Right. But it, it's a big thing, but it, it worked really, really well. Yeah, yeah. Now, that, that video is honestly amazing. I feel like I hadn't checked it out since it came out. Um, and I checked it out recently and just like, I didn't even, you know, I didn't watch like the whole 24 hour version or anything like that. But just thinking of the song in general, like, I don't know, as a musician, I think sometimes about how something can last a long time. And as annoying as that song got to a lot of people over time, I could tell that it's going to live a long time. You know what I'm saying? Like just that whole vibe, you'll be able, if a kid is born today, uh, three years from now, you can show that kid that song and they're going to fall in love with it. 
you know what I'm saying? Most definitely, it'll put a smile on their face. Put yeah, a smile yeah. on this... their face, you know? It's it's going to keep doing that for generations, and it's so simple, and that's I, I feel like that's the key. Yeah, and, and what I love about this, you can tell a song is going to really blow up, and it's going to last a long time when it, it starts like a movement in itself. It starts like a viral kind of movement. We live in that viral age now. Right. But it did, and you had these happy in whatever city videos and yeah i did one here in helsinki with a friend of mine and then you know we we just got people we asked in all these kind of facebook groups and just got you know random bunch of people from all across the city finnish people foreign people um and we kind of put together our own version here in helsinki and but you've got those versions of those videos from towns and cities in all sorts of you know random places you would never imagine in on every continent of the earth and that's when you really know um a video or a song is really gonna it's gonna blow up and it's gonna last uh it's kind of test of time yeah shit bro there's probably people still making happy videos to be honest it, it wouldn't surprise me um and part of me has kind of thought over the last year or two about even trying to do uh, a new version because there is still this kind of World Happiness Day that happens every year. People here in Helsinki that were part of the video and companies that were part of the video here, they still share the video every year on World Happiness Day. And I'm sure there are other people in other companies around the world that share their kind of local version as well. Right. So yeah, it's definitely still ongoing and people are still listening to the song and liking the song and the message behind the song, which, which is positive and upbeat and, yeah, you know, and you Which, think about what's happening in the world at the moment. Sometimes you want to block all that shit out, and you right. you need some positivity and some happiness. And even if it is a three and a half minute pop song, yeah, yeah, that's what works for some people sometimes. Right, and I feel like uh, in this age where things go viral, certain things go viral because of dances, and certain things go viral because you know that's just the sound at the moment. But I feel like "Happy" is one of those songs where it's going to be, you know. I don't know. This it might be like a whole nother form of, you know, that whole viral epidemic where it can last for years. It can keep going just because I mean the song's about a general emotion that we all would love to feel more often, you know what I'm saying? It's not based around a dance or a song craze or any of that other stuff. So it's gonna definitely last a long time for sure. Yeah, it's just a, a, a damn good pop song. Right, right. All right, let's, um, I think we could probably talk about the video in the various versions for, for hours and hours, but I think we probably need to move on to some other bits and pieces. Let's, um, we tend to give it, uh, our vid- the videos and songs a quick score. I think this was probably quite a hard one to score, but if you can give me out of 10 what you think of the song and then of the video. And when I say video, I probably mean the, the whole kind of general concept of the 24 hours of happy. All right. Um, shit, bro. I want to say now, especially now that we're talking about it and we dissected it the way that we have, I'd give, I'd, I let me start with the video. I'd give the video like an 11. Um, oh. Yeah, because we really don't know what it's going to do with time. Um, we really don't know if Pharrell had started a whole wave and it's just gone over our heads and we're not really going to figure out about it for a couple of years. Um, but in general, just the way it was shot, the diversity of the video, which I still, that came out years ago and I still haven't seen any video as diverse and, you know, as positive and stuff. So I'll give that like an 11. Uh, 
Shit, bro. I mean, in the sense of a pop song, in the sense of a, a good, generally good feeling song, I give I give Happy like, I, I feel like it's hard to hate on, but I say like an eight. <laughs> I say an eight. Um, not personally, like I want to listen to it all the time, this, that, and the third, but I mean, what what can you say negatively about that song? There's not much to not like about it, you know? Yeah, precisely. I think if, if you'd ask me on any other day, I'd probably say, oh, Christ, not that song, uh, <laughs> you know, four four or five. Right. But when, when you actually break it down and you think about it as a song and the impact it had on people around the world and, you know, Pharrell's career, you know, I think that launched him into, like, you know, the stratosphere, basically. Like you say, there's nothing really negative you can say about it. In the way it's written, the way it's composed, the way it's produced, etc. So yeah, I, I've got to give give the song a good strong eight to nine. All right. Um, it it will last the generations. I'm sure it will. In terms of the video videos, I'm with you. It's it gets a good nine to ten for me. Just the concept was something completely new. It was completely inclusive. It was completely different. There's something there for everyone and anyone basically um, and like I say it, it started this kind of viral viral kind of thing that people around the world have been involved in so so yeah brilliant from me let's uh, let's move on let's move on to you let's uh, let's give you some time here and talk about <laughs> what you're up to so I will go back to how I was aware of you how I kind of know of you mm. and I think that's originally from the the kind of BBC ice cream link uh, where you were doing the ice cream zine mm -hmm. that you you put out was that probably a couple of years ago now or something wasn't it uh shit that I started making it two years ago but I didn't put it out until last May yep last that's when I was like selling at BBC and stuff so yeah, if anyone's kind of new to to the podcast or new to BBC or whatever, um, this was kind of a, a small magazine that you put together through various kind of photo shoots and graphic design, mm -hmm. kind of covering um, BBC ice cream stuff. And as you say, you know, it was selling in the store and obviously done kind of in collaboration with them uh, to some effect. Right. But you kind of you kind of put that out yourself, and you were selling it yourself, and selling it you know with them and in the store. Yeah. And you know, I, I remember I, as soon as I saw somebody post, I don't know who it was that put me onto it or posted about it, but somebody did, and I followed yourself and ordered a copy myself. And right. and yeah, kind of what I love is it it really follows the kind of aesthetics that I think people love about ice cream, which is those crazy colors and designs and the way it all kind of pops and. And just, yeah, and, you know, really great photos as well. And if you look at it from a creative perspective and, you know, creative direction perspective, really, really nice, really well put together. So, yeah, that's kind of where, where I was aware of you for the first time. But then obviously following you over the last kind of couple of years, you see all this other stuff you're, you're working on uh, and you're doing. So let's start with one of your projects. Let's start with uh, Bust Down Tees. Yes, which sir. I think everyone is kind of aware of now, starting to get very much noticed. You know, I saw the little Instagram posts of you the other day, sitting with the the general himself, uh -huh. with with, <laughs> with, with, uh, with Nigo in the store there of him mm -hmm. signing your T-shirt. Big boss Nigo, that was a great moment, bro. The general himself, yeah. Sorry. How and why did you start uh, Bust Down Tees? All right, so. 
I mean, there's we. I have a partner in this, uh, Annalisa Zadian, and we both were working at uh, BBC Ice Cream. Uh, I want to say around last summer. And it's funny enough because Annalise had worked there for about like a year before I even like got cool with her, got to really talk to her because we had opposite schedules. So I never really saw her or anything like that. But the other employees had told me that she was cool and whatnot. And I had seen her on Instagram and I was like, oh, she has style. And, you know, but a lot of people in New York have style. But I guess when we finally like linked up or just started working the same shifts, we started talking just about clothes and stuff. And I had seen that she was like a one of one like me, um, one of one in the sense of, you you know, you might get a BBC piece or you might get. Uh, ice cream piece or human made piece and you do something to it you wear it a certain way to make it you know your own um and i seen that she was like that a lot of the time she'd come to work with things that i don't know just ways where she'll wear something that's like i never thought about that or uh i know she used to wear uh she used to wear some of the bbc stuff that was for men but she'd wear it herself and that was always something that I thought was real cool because some of the stuff wouldn't even be that cool but she'd just make it look cool um and I think bust down tees got started when we were just appreciating like Pharrell from 2005 2006 and uh, I don't know if you're familiar with BB belts BB belts uh it's a so belt, uh, they're these belts made out of Savorsky crystals uh, through a company called BB Simon. And um, in Harlem, where I'm from, it was a huge trend in like 2006, 2007, 2008. And um, we both had one and we were just looking at it like, yo, this is really cool. Like these, the, it looks like diamonds, to be honest, and, you know, in a belt. And we were just like, man, we should try to make something like this with a shirt and Pharrell had already done it in like 2005 you know Pharrell I mean for the last 20 years 25 years he's always just been on his own type of time just doing whatever he wanted to do and uh I think the first picture I'd ever seen was when he had presented the like ice cream sneakers for the first time it was like during like a Reebok uh like I don't know. He was just talking to officials at Reebok, and he unveiled them. And he was standing right next to Nigo, and he had the uh, OG logo. Uh, we call it "bust down" because that's a it's like a it's like a rap term. Uh, when you get your chain like flooded out with diamonds, that's usually like you bust down your chain. So he had a bust down shirt on, and we were just like, "Man, that's so cool!" And uh, BBC had put out a couple pieces back in that era as well, like 06, 07, 08, of just uh, some Savorsky Crystal collabs. And we were just like, man, those things was like $300 back then. If we try to find it now, it's probably like worth like 1000 So we should just make our own. And uh, the first shirt we did it with, we did it with like a regular OG logo. And uh, that looked cool, but we weren't, you know, the, we weren't prepared to like, I don't know. That first shirt was just like, uh, it wasn't, it didn't look that cool. It looked cool enough for us to just wear ourselves. But, uh, we got word of them doing the, the Coco tea. It was a 15th anniversary Coco tea. That was what it was. And, uh, they were going to release it at complex con and we had seen them 
um, I had done the shipment where the package came in. And we were just like, nah, we have to do something with these. Like, we have to try to buy these beforehand and try to put crystals on them. Um, and when we did it, we were just like, nah, we have something here. Like, this is this is different. And um, thank thank a couple people. Thankfully, a couple people at uh, BBC that had the power let us get it before it uh, even came out to to bust down, pretty much, to put crystals all over it. And um, we did that, and we were able to sell them at ComplexCon on the same day that they released, like, for BBC. And I feel like that was, like, a good introduction for us because we had done the shoot already, we had done the video and everything like that, and we were just waiting until BBC unveiled it. And I was working at the the BBC booth at ComplexCon last year, but uh, Annalise wasn't. And so she was able... Uh, to just walk around and just like pretty much sell the shirt and whenever I had like a little break here and there I'd walk around with her and that even did more for it. You know what I'm saying? Us just being You know, I call her my twin, but we're just like opposites not in the sense of like our style But the way we look and stuff like that so it just does a lot for people when they could see both of us in it because You know guy girl white black. It doesn't really matter like you can see yourself in it and uh that did a lot for us. That was like a great introduction. Yeah, definitely. I think there's no better design and t-shirt to come in on than um, re-release of an OG logo that everyone's sort of after as well. And in that, that colorway that everyone um, sort of really interested in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So since then, you've also done, um, you've had the running dog one. Yes. The, well, the one right after the, the OG logo was the, uh, the Nego chain tee. Um, in which they started selling at ComplexCon, and we couldn't get our hands on those beforehand because that tee is just like a whole nother level. Um, yeah, I remember asking a few people for it. And, uh, <laughs> I probably could have got hold of it, but it was, it was becoming hard to like really get hold of. Yeah, bro, that was the first shirt selling out uh, at the at the at the BBC booth at ComplexCon. Like each day, it was just selling out in like the first hour. Um, but pretty much it was a human-made T-shirt uh, that had Nigo's old chains on it. It was uh, the running dog, the cones and bones, and then the BBC astronaut helmet. And um, it was just a great shirt. Uh, sold out really quickly. We got our hands on like about six or seven of them. And uh, we put crystals. This time, though, we didn't fully bust it down. So we didn't put crystals in every little centimeter of it you know what i'm saying we we kind of like tastefully had just placed them on depending on the color uh placed them on the chain so it kind of made the chains look like they were alive if you turn to the side you would see you know it, it went from a regular graphic to it then like having a little glimmer as if it was the chains and um that was that was probably like the shoot was fun for that um and I don't know. We also were selling it for a higher amount because the shirt without the crystals was already going for like 500. Um, but that was definitely like a piece. Like I'm, I remember we made them and we were looking at them for a while. Like, yo, I feel like we shouldn't even sell these. Like these are just so cool, you know, for real, bro. <laughs> for real. They do look really, really good. Yeah. 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 And then you obviously had one in front of uh nego was it last week yeah and he actually 
signed one for you. And... Yeah, yeah, bro. We uh, I had on the Nigo chain tee. Uh, Annalise had on the new uh, dancing dog tee, and we we got in line to meet him uh, first. And I'm cool with uh, I don't know if you know about the Honest Boys. Yeah. Okay. So I'm cool with Mandy and Rio. I met them at ComplexCon, and they, like, started following me, and they always check up on me and stuff like that. They were with him and Verdi. They were with uh, Nigo and Verdi. And uh, when we first came up just to take a picture, I don't think he really saw the shirt. I had on a curry-up shirt as well, so he was probably looking at that. Um, and, you know, he was just nice about it. But then I came around again. I got back in line, and I was like, nah, like, I need him to like see the shirt because i you know i don't want to necessarily put it in front of him and say nigo look at this shirt but i wanted him to see it and the second time around i asked him to sign it and he really started looking at the shirt like he before just signing it he put the you didn't want to put it you didn't want to put it in front of him and say look at my shirt <laughs> right. but you stood there and held it out and <laughs> yeah. said please can you write your name yeah, on this bro. i'm just <laughs> like yo please like you know, I didn't have to say, you know, like, yo, check this shirt out. We made this, this, that, and the third. We never got to say that. But I just remember him putting the marker to the shirt and then, like, taking a step back and being like, oh, shit. Like, the shirt is actually, like, alive, you know? He was just, like, looking at it and moving from side to side. And I was like, damn, this is so amazing. That's some, like, inception-level shit. Like Seriously, bro, because he's looking at the shirt of his chains and he's just, yeah. like, you know, it's crazy. It's crazy, bro. <laughs> but that definitely, you know, that made everything we're doing with Bust Down Tees worth it, to be honest. Um, and I had met, I had met Pharrell actually at ComplexCon with the Coco Tee, the Bust Down one. And um, he, he didn't say anything about it specifically. He was doing so much, but I know he appreciated it for sure. And he probably thought, you know, he made it. It was some type of, you know, exclusive release. But it meant it meant everything to us to see, to meet Nigo and to have him check out the shirt like that. Um, and to have, you know, uh, Mandy and Rio also, like, appreciate the shirt. And that was just everything, bro. That was everything. Because Nigo's really general. Also, super intimidating dude. You know, Pharrell, you'll get a smile out of. But Nigo is bold-faced all the time. <laughs> Yeah, I, I know a lot of people that have kind of bumped into him over the years and at events and things like that or have worked with him. And um, Yeah, he's always got that look. I don't, I don't think you ever kind of quite know what he's thinking exactly, or exactly. You know, what's going through his mind. Yeah, <laughs> Like say with Pharrell, he's like, he'll smile and like when I met him um, last year and stuff, you know, he'll go in for a hug if you want that right, and right. he'll like chat away to you and, yeah. you know, and he'll be like, oh, I really appreciate you guys and all this. Yeah, with Nigo, it's... Uh, it's deadpan almost. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. And I, I don't know, bro. I fanned out. Like, when I met Pharrell, he actually approached me and he, you know, shook my hand and stuff like that. And we talked for a second. And that wasn't the first time I had met Pharrell. But, uh, you know, he's he's honestly just like a super genuine, nice guy. But like I said, Nigo is he's intimidating. He has that bold face on. He could be happy. He could be mad. You don't really know. Um, yeah, yeah. I couldn't help it, bro. Like I've met so many rappers and things like that, and I've never fanned out. I really fanned out meeting Nigo. Like I had a a smile on my face the whole time because he's also just one of those mythical guys that I feel like, you know what I'm saying? If you do get a chance to rub shoulders with, it's like, you you feel good, you feel accomplished, you know? Yeah, and he he's one of those guys that he kind of almost is untouchable from um, from right. a media perspective. You know, I. 
I know people that work with him, shout out Dan Doyle uh, from London, who's now like Nigo's kind of right-hand man. And I will say to Dan every now and again, you know, if 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 the boss, he ever gets five minutes and he wants to, you know, <laughs> jump on jump on the phone and right. say something, say anything whatsoever, anything. then, yeah, then I'm, I'm here. I'm, I will record. I will do whatever I need to do. Um, but the answer is always like, no, sorry, he... He doesn't do that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't. And I mean, he does so much and he barely says anything about it. He just does it. And, yeah. You know, I don't know. He's just one of those legends. I was just like, man, if I ever heard anything happen to Nigo or any of that other stuff before meeting him, I'd be so upset. So I'm really just happy I got to, you know, rub shoulders. I know he'll remember us and shit, bro. Still, you know, since a kid, I was always like, yo, if I, I hope I can go to Japan one day and like go through his archive and this, that, and the third. And I just feel like that, that dream got a little bit closer just meeting him. So, you know, fingers crossed. No, I know the feeling it happened to me last year as well with, uh, with Pharrell and getting to hang out with those guys. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I know the feeling very well. But the next step, you know, for like for myself, you know, I've had Shay on here. The mm-hmm. next step is Chad and maybe one day Pharrell or to get something, you know, in their hands. Yeah. And I guess for you guys, you know, the a next step would be, you know, one of those T's actually on, on. the likes of Nigo, you right, know. Right, 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 right. And you know, I feel like they appreciate creativity so much that it's not that far fetched. And, you know, we already have ties to BBC ice cream. We're really a part of this culture. Um, I feel like it's, it's bound to happen, bro. I feel like, like within the genuine culture is not too many people who are actually that care about like furthering it and, uh, doing things within it that, you know what I'm saying? That have nothing to do with clout or, you know, this, that, and the third names, whatever, whatever. So I feel like we're in good hands, me and you both, like for real, we're, we're closer than we probably think. (laughs) <laughs> for sure I think between the likes of us and people that are around us and people that are part of this community yeah I, I know we're only a couple of people away from these people that we look up to and we right. kind of aspire to be um, to a certain extent so yeah and like I say you know we had Shay on the podcast right yeah you know, he, he invited us backstage and we hung out with, with Pharrell and Chad and Shay it's and, crazy and, and yeah and I, you know Never in a million years would I imagine that to have happened, especially not after, I don't know, what we'd done then, 10 podcasts or something. You know, right, right. Absolutely ridiculous madness. So we're never that far away. It's never uh, never sort of too big to dream these sort of things. Right. I think between us, we all know, we know enough people and I think we all know the right people. And I think, you know, you just got to keep working at it, working hard. And Straight these up. things, they, they come eventually. The people notice and... They come eventually, definitely. Right, for sure. For so, sure. what's what's next for Bustown Tees? What have you what are you working on at the moment? Uh, so right now we're on the Dancing Dog, um, which is pretty much uh, the Running Dog shirt, uh, same design, um, but it's outlined with crystals. Um, the Running Dog is obviously like a classic 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 design probably one of the most memorable ones outside of like the just the og logo or like the astronaut head um and it's something that everyone's itching for now especially with all the changes that bbc ice cream has gone through over the years everyone wants like the og shit now um 
everyone's looking, you know, you, you'd probably, you could have gotten a running dog 10 years ago for $30 and now people are selling them for 250, 300, things of that sort, even worn ones, faded ones. Um, so with this summer approaching, I mean, pretty much almost here in New York, um, the dancing dog is where we're getting off. I mean, we're just pretty much, it's just any, and we're also customizing any colors that someone wants. Uh, cause we feel like that's a way of not the future, but that's just, that's just something that everybody wants. Now everybody wants their own. Everyone wants to be a one of one or, you know, have something that, uh, appeals to them more than everybody else. So, uh, we're just, we have that door open for someone that says like, oh, I, you know, I just bought these Air Forces or I just got these, uh, you know what I'm saying, these human race shoes or whatever it might be um, to just be able to match that colorway and have the, you know, the same crystal effect and the same, you know, OG logo effect, not actual OG logo, but, you know, the, the old school logo effect and just pretty much do their own thing. So that's pretty much what we've been riding with right now. And. A lot of people love it. A lot of people love it. Um, we also are working on our own kind of concept outside of the BBC ice cream realm. Um, but it's always going to be tied in because we got the idea from the master himself. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that storyline is always going to be there. Um, just me and Annalise working at BBC and seeing all the clothes all day, all the time. And, you know, meeting Pharrell and looking up old Pharrell pictures. It's, it's actually crazy, not even to go off on a tangent, bro, but it's so crazy how in today's day and age, like, especially with the type of streetwear that I'm into, uh, when you look up the inspiration, even on, do you know the Instagram hit in New York? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. It's like 50% of the streetwear stuff that comes up on there is OG Pharrell and Nigo. And it's so crazy that like kids are basing their whole style on these two men 10 to 15 years ago. Like they have so many people in between time, you know what I'm saying, whose style they could be looking at and this, that, and the third. And it's like, nah, like these two dudes are like at the helm of it and still there. And I think five to 10 years from now, it's going to be the same shit, bro. You know what I'm saying? And it's, it's like, that's how you know that this is, this is real. It's, it's, it's a serious thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, we will put a link in the show notes to um, the Bus Down Tees Instagram um, as well as the the kind of online store that you've got as well. But um, if people want to go there now, they can go to, to Bus Down Tees on Instagram and there's a link, I think, in your... Um, what's it called in the profile thing there? The bio, right? The bio, that's the what I was looking for. You've got it. <laughs> but yeah, Bus Down Tees, we're still going strong. Uh, we're still creating new concepts and everything like that. Um but yeah, we're really just on the customization thing right now. And the dancing dog is really, is doing a lot for us um, between, you know, meeting Nigo with that. But also we got to chill with, you know, there's a bunch of things we don't talk about, but we got to chill with uh, Playboy Cardi and Iggy off of the shirts as well. Um, they seen the shirts and they loved them. And we got to chill with them at the hotel. They took us to the show with them. We were backstage with them. Um, I mean, it's just opening up a lot of doors. For real. 
that's the thing, man. Yeah, you've got to keep working hard. All these people, they, they start to notice eventually if you're doing uh, good things and the right things and doing it the right way. Right. And it, it, all, it all works out. It all works out. Uh, specifically, if I could say this, because this was like really inspiring for us, we were having a horrible week the day we actually got to, the day uh, Cardi bought two of the shirts. Um, it was like super slow at work. And we weren't, I don't know, it was just like a bad week. And none of the shirts were selling or anything like that. And uh, Playboy Cardi came in to BBC and Annalise showed him it. And he was just like, yeah, bring a couple of these to the hotel room. And I mean, <clears throat> we're not trying to say anything besides just like, like you were saying, like we just, you got to just keep working on your stuff. You just got to keep working and stay humble about it because... You could have a horrible, we had a horrible week that week, but you might have a horrible month or a horrible year where no one's tuning in and no one's really showing appreciation or, you know what I'm saying? You're feeling like things aren't working right or like you're wasting your time or you're putting too much money into it or whatever it might be. And I mean, shit changes just like that, especially when you really believe in your shit and, you know, it's there's actually something there. You just got to stay grounded about it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, so before you have to run, let's also quickly talk about uh, the music as well. Um, so obviously people that follow you will probably know that you, uh, you're also a musician. Recently did um, involved with, with Annalise and some other people in uh, a fairly big show. Is it at the Bowery there in, uh, in New York? Yes, sir. Sold out show at the Bowery Electric. Um, Annalise headlining. I played right before her, and then we had two other artists as well, but such a great show. Me and my DJ both had on Bust Down Tees as well, and we make sure to plug that in. <laughs> <laughs> Always stay on brand. Always stay on brand. Yeah, you got to think about these things. So in terms of the music, how's, um, how's that going? Are you recording stuff at the moment? Is there stuff coming up? Where hey, can bro. people find all your stuff? So... Uh, my Instagram handle is Sim from the Hill. I actually have a song dropping tomorrow um, that I haven't said anything about, but you know, broke the news here. Uh, this whole summer, I'm gonna be dropping so much. I only have four songs out at the moment, and when I played that show last week, I I did I I performed ten songs. Um, so there's just. There's so much going on behind the scenes. I'm really trying to make sure that people see that artistry first and foremost, um, because I'm a man of many, 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 many different crafts. You know what I'm saying? Between designing and graphic designing and you know photography and all types of stuff. But the music is really where it hits home. So um, yeah, this summer definitely look out for a lot of the new music. Uh, I'm shooting a video in BBC actually. Things of that sort. It's all going to get tied in together. But yes, tomorrow, the song that's actually dropping is called Bust Down. <laughs> so, always stay on brand. <laughs> always stay on brand, bro. <laughs> you know, but yeah, this this summer is going to be a great one for my for my music. Uh, same thing for Annalise. She's shooting some visuals. Uh, everything's looking up, bro. That sounds good. So I don't know when I'll get to edit this um, podcast, but it is if it's after you drop the song, then I will obviously make sure there's uh, some links in the show notes. But I'll make sure you at least the Instagram and stuff like that is in there as well. So people can head over there and, and check out all the new stuff. Appreciate you, bro. 
so much. All right, and let's um let's quickly wrap up before you have to go with some um, other bits of news and releases and stuff that's happening at the moment. A uh, friend of the show, uh, Doughboy Meets World, released some new visuals, I think, last week or the week before, and I don't think I mentioned it previously. So three new videos. Uh, there's also the, the new album coming soon as well, so make sure you go and check out that, people. Uh, at BBC, we've got the um, Stephen Harrington capsule and figure figurine figure release uh tomorrow and obviously we're recording this on a, a friday night so this is on the saturday so again it may already have come out it may not by the time i post this really nice uh, collaboration the the figure looks really good the um the capsule collection and the artwork used there looks really good um hopefully you know if you listen to his podcast you will hopefully know who Stephen Harrington is, but if you don't, then definitely go and check out his um, his artwork himself. There's also a Pharrell and Kanye-inspired exhibition um, happening over in Brooklyn, so if you're in New York, then you should definitely go and check this out. This is from um, somebody that follows the podcast, Robert Awusu. Um, his Instagram is third eye view, so that is I-I-I-E-Y-E, V-I-E-W. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, that exhibition is from June the 6th to the 8th. So that's in about a week's time at the Seven House Gallery in Brooklyn. Um, and some people will have probably seen some of these things being shared on Instagram. But he's also doing a, a Pharrell, in my mind, character plush toy as well. He's got a bunch of those on order um, and some other merchandise, I think, at the exhibition. So... Of course, if you're a Pharrell fan, a Kanye fan, an art fan, uh, make sure you go and kind of support one of the, the community over there in Brooklyn and go and check out that exhibition, which will be in about a week's time. Again, links in the show notes. Uh, a couple of new album releases, probably worth mentioning. You mentioned it earlier, the new Tyler album. To be honest, I'm not a big Tyler fan. I never really have been. He's got a few good tracks here and there and some bits that I'll listen to. But this album came out. I gave it a spin end-to-end. -end. I've given it a few listens since then. A really, really good album, I thought. Yeah, sir. You can tell. Obviously, you know, he pulls a lot of his influences from the Neptunes, from Pharrell and Chad um, and NERD. There's a lot of kind of references there to, to their stuff. So if you like that kind of sound, you will probably like this album, as you will a lot of his stuff. Um, but a really good album, a well-written album, a well-produced album. Um, some good guests on there, Pharrell being one of them, Kanye and some other people. Were you feeling the album? Uh, yeah, and it's the same with me. I was never really too much of a, a Tyler the Creator fan. Um, more of a fan of his personality than his music, but uh, I definitely tuned into this album. And within the the Pharrell Neptune's helm that he's usually going for, I feel like he's crafting his own shit and... Like I said, I mean, it's just, it's all going under the same umbrella, um, yeah. you know, but uh, it's it's cool to see it, like, you know, to see him get better with it, but also just, you know, before it kind of sounded like a soundbite, like a Neptune soundbite or like an NERD soundbite, and now it's finally just crafting into his own world within the Neptune's, you know, inspiration, so 
I, I fuck with it. Yeah, definitely. He definitely seems to be growing as you know an artist and as a person, and it's his own more modern take on right. You know that Neptune's and NERD inspiration, um, which is yeah, which I really really like, and like I say, I really like the sound of the album. So um, that's going to be a good one to to be spinning uh, over the summer. Also, new album today, really good potential summer album, the new Skepta album. Ignorance is Bliss. Um, I've given that, I think, four back-to-back listens so far today. Yeah. Really, really feeling it. Really like it. I'm a big Skepta fan anyway, obviously being from the UK and stuff. Um, so I'm always uh, on the lookout for new stuff from him. But um, Skepta still doing really big things. A couple of new visuals dropped as well in the last few days for the two uh, lead singles from the album. So they're on YouTube. So go and check them out. But the album itself, nothing groundbreaking, I want to say, on there but a consistent album, a strong album. Like I say, I've listened to it three or four times back to back um, and it keeps growing on me. So definitely go and check that one out. And let's uh, round things off with um, latest pickups because I did mention this last week when Sixth Letter was on. We were going to talk about pickups. Obviously, he has probably the greatest potential pickup collection uh, ever, and we never ended up talking about it because we ran so long. Yeah. I've not really got anything from the last few weeks. I've tried to, to chill a little bit. A couple of bits of vinyl, though. The Beeper Record by Family, and then also there was a re-release of Fly or Die a f- couple of months back now with um, a special kind of red vinyl. That's out there at the moment. I can't remember where I got it from. I'll try and dig out the link. But if you are desperate for a limited copy of Fly or Die with red vinyl, you can go back and check uh, Chad's, Chad Hugo's tweets. I think he tweeted something about it a number of weeks back uh, with a link and everything like that. And there's probably still some available, so um, you can go and get that. And how about yourself? Anything you've copped recently? Anything that's come out that you're kind of feeling at the moment? Um, I definitely got some of the uh, Girls Don't Cry Human Made collab stuff. Um, I recently also got a BBC, uh, one of the trunks. You, I feel like you've gotten those too. I've got a couple of those, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've... It's been sitting in my room for like two weeks. I still don't know what I want to put in it. Um, mine is still, mine's still stacked up in the lounge, empty, yeah, yeah, with a yeah. fan on top of them, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, uh, something cool has to go in there. But uh, besides that, I don't think I got anything recent from BBC. Um, I mean, my collection is just getting crazier. Shout out to Six Letter, too. Six Letter. Yep. That, that man is different. I feel like one day I have to do an ice cream zine, but just him. Like, he literally has that much. He literally has that much. He's got everything. He's got all the OG stuff. I yeah. Think, yeah. If you if you wanted to do like a, a BBC ice cream retrospective with all the OG stuff, all the Suaro stuff, I'd, all the early prints, like he's the man. Just yes, you go sir. to him. I gotta I gotta fly up to him and just do one with him. No, to be honest, because I did the ice cream zine and did most of the content before even finding. Well, I already knew about him, but like before me and him actually were able to talk. And exchange words and he really has like you feel me like the grail <laughs> the grail shit, yes so. yes he's the one for sure we're all envious of him <laughs> yeah we are straight up all right well let's um let's wrap it up there because i know you need to be making a move and we've pretty much hit the the hour mark anyway that we try and aim for so good timing all round 
You can find myself on Instagram and all the social media platforms at Steve R. Penny. You can find uh, this podcast at Others Podcast, or you can go to theothers.net for the website and where you can stream all the episodes and get all the show notes and all that kind of thing. Where can people find yourself? Uh, so you can find me at Sim from the Hill on Instagram. You can find Bust Down Tees at Bust Down Tees on Instagram. Um, you can look up my music on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Music, Tidal. Um, and yeah, man, it's Harlem world. I just, I try to represent where I'm from really, really well. Um, try to stay true to the culture. And I mean, thank you for having me, bro. This is, it's cool just to be able to have this link globally and just continue building. Like I said, we, like we both were saying, man, we're, we're way closer to where, you know, the people we aspire to be around and aspire to talk to and rub hands with, we're way closer than we think. And that goes that goes for anybody with their own dreams or any of that other stuff. It's it seems like things are so far away, but we're real close, you know. Yeah, for sure. It's um when you start connecting and in this community we have it, it is a small world, and you know, like I said earlier, I I didn't dream in a million years I'd get to do the things I've done and meet all these kind of people that come on the podcast like yourself and um, everyone else that's kind of jumped on as a guest and. Uh, the likes of you, Annalise as well. And shout out to Annalise as well, as you have mentioned. Uh, shout out to Annalise, yes, sir. I have to mention, yeah. I was. I will very, very quickly mention um, the story of meeting her because I am truly embarrassed by <laughs> the, story, the story of meeting her. What is it? It's nothing too bad, but I was in New York last year. Mm-hmm. I came through the store with, uh, with Dave, Mr. King of Creams himself, mm-hmm. to come in and we, we'd see Mimi and we came in to see Jules and Damien. Mm-hmm. And Annalise was working. And I had no idea who Annalise was. So I kind of went over and I said, yeah, would you mind, like, can I put my bags behind the counter? Because she was sitting near the counter. And she was like, yeah, of course, yeah, I'll keep it on your bags for you. And I'll, I'll, you know, look out for it and stuff. And then I went about my business. And it was only after that someone, probably Dave, said to me, oh, you know, like, Annalise is like a really dope singer and she's becoming really popular. And I was like... I had no idea who she was. I had no idea who the girl I just spoke to was. So I then obviously had to like look her up on Instagram and was like, oh shit, yeah, she is actually doing this really cool stuff and she's really popular. Yes. And yeah, I had no clue. I was, I was quite embarrassed by the fact that I had no clue about this stuff. No, nah, that's partly your fault, but at the same time, Annalise acts so like such like a normal girl. You know what I'm saying? Like you really, you really wouldn't figure that there was anything suit like i mean you can from looking at her like she looks like she's different and she looks like it's you know but i feel like she carries herself so normally and so like you know regularly it's like you could easily rub hands with her and not really know yeah and obviously i had no idea my my oblivious ass just had no clue whatsoever but i'll also put i i I prepped all the the links to annalise's stuff as well so i'll put all those links in the show notes too so if you want to go and check out um annalise's music and all the stuff she's working on you can follow those links and they'll be in the show notes um in whatever podcast app you're listening to this on um or on the website as well all right so let's um let's wrap it up there i guess you can make a move and get on with your day and i can start thinking about dinner and going to bed Yeah, I appreciate you so much, bro, for real. No, no, thank you, thank you. I appreciate you coming on, and we'll definitely have to uh, do this again at some point. But as I say, um, at Sim from the Hill, links in the show notes, theothers.net, 
And uh, let's call it a day. So thank you for listening, everyone. We'll speak to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.